Welcome. You are listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. We invite you to join us online or in person for one of our services. For more information about our church, please visit day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life. Today we, uh, we're taking an exit from uh, the book of Romans because today's a special Sunday that we have been talking about uh, to receive our, our Christmas offering. So all I want to do is talk to you a few minutes this morning about what happens when you give. What happens when you give. And, uh, and talk some about generosity. I recognize up front, uh, this isn't the, the most popular topic sometimes in, uh, in church, uh, because, you know, people, uh, get the wrong idea sometimes when you talk about giving. I also understand, uh, some of the reasons for that because I have seen some of the, um, I guess I'll call it shenanigans, uh, that takes place sometimes on, on television and, uh, and how it seems to be all about the money. Uh, I've, I've seen, uh, television evangelists want to, uh, you know, more or less promise you if you'll give them some seed money, uh, that you'll have plenty of health, wealth, and Mercedes Benz to drive, you know, and, uh, and, and things like that. I've, I've seen them, um, saw one in particular a few years ago. He had this special green prosperity cloth that he was selling on television. And the only thing you had to do was send him some money and he would send you this green prosperity cloth and then you could fold it out over the top of your finances or over the top of your wallet and pray over it and everything like that, and because he had blessed it, then uh, then your finances are going to be blessed if you just bought this cloth from him. I also saw another one one time uh, that had a, uh, a handkerchief more or less that he was promoting to sell as a prayer cloth. And he said that he had prayed over uh, that and he had, uh, during the, the course of his uh, praying and, and sweating as he prayed, he had wiped his brow with it and for a certain amount of money he would send you that prayer cloth. And uh, because he had anointed it uh, with the sweat from his body as he prayed over it uh, and if you would send him money, he would send you that, and God would would bless you. Uh, so um, I, I, you're probably glad I didn't really do this, but I I started to bring a handkerchief with me today, and and, and tell you I've got my own cloth, and it's got more deposited on it than just my sweat. It's actually from up in my sinuses. So you know maybe that would mean it was even more strategic and more important that uh, you know that that you could uh, use in some way, and I would sell it to you uh, on it. So so I understand. You 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 realize the reason I'm talking. Uh, about those things. I understand why it's easy for people to make the jump from <clears throat> TV evangelists that are all focused about money to making the jump to feeling like anytime that topic comes up, uh, and even a local church talking about taking up an offering to support ministry or missionaries or whatever, it's easy for people to get those lines erased more or less and to view uh, a local church in the same way they view uh, some of those things that take place on television. I, I understand how how that can happen. Uh, I understand that a lot of times uh, people will try and and guilt you into giving, and and I don't want to do that uh, today. I, all I want to do is pretty much uh, talk to you about some things that happen 
when we actually give. You see, while I understand people make that jump and, and think, well, you know, the church is just like these TV evangelists selling these things and, and everything. The truth of the matter is this. The Bible has a whole lot to say about giving. The Bible has a whole lot to say about stewardship. Uh, you know, matter of fact, God's the greatest giver of all, and He sets an example for us in that. And I'll say a little bit more about that in in, in the course of, of the message. Uh, so, you know, Jesus actually uh, spoke. You may not rec- realize this or not, but Jesus actually had more to say uh, that could be connected to the theme of stewardship than heaven or hell. As, uh, as he was doing his teaching here, uh, upon the earth. So, uh, we need to talk about it because the Bible talks about it. And, uh, like I said, I'm not, I'm not here to try and guilt you into giving. I, I think a lot of times, uh, you know, you're ready to give, you want to give, you are giving, and things like that. But sometimes there might be this question, well, what, what's next or what happens, uh, when I give? So I just want to cover some things, and I told you a moment ago, I'm, I'm actually, I'm gonna take a moment out, you know, during the, the service, cause I think I have to, for us to focus on, on something else this morning. And to be honest with you, I almost scrapped the message today, uh, because of what's happened. But, uh, but anyway, I, I, I want us just to, uh, as we think about generosity, as we think about receiving our, our, uh, the greatest gift Christmas offering at the end of the service, I, I want to talk to you just a moment about, about what happens uh, when you give. Number one is this, and you don't have to fill any blanks today. Didn't want you to. I want you just to kind of listen and uh, and, and everything. So w- when you give, you actually do this. You fulfill part, not all of it, but part of God's purpose for your life. When you actually give, uh, God wired us and made us in, in such a way as believers to where there's this, should be this generosity w- within us. And when we give, we're actually fulfilling part of the purpose that God has for our lives. Now, I, I don't know, how, how many of you were really good in math at school? If you were really good, raise, raise your hand. You got a, we got a few nerds here, but okay. Um, math wasn't necessarily my favorite subject. I was okay with it until, until they started adding letters into it. You understand what I'm saying? All of a sudden, it didn't seem like math because they started adding adding letters, and you had to try and figure out what the letter stood for and and everything like that. So that kind of you know blew math away a little bit. But they they give you equations kind of similar to this one, uh, like you know a equals b and b equals c, then a equals b. And and I'm scratching my head thinking, what in the world, you know, does that mean? But I actually want to use that equation just for a moment uh, to talk to you about how. You and I practicing generosity or giving fulfills part of the purpose that God has for our life. And, and A uh, is, is this. Uh, the next next slide, please. Uh, a is simply this. We, a equals you were created in the image of God. And the Bible tells us that in, in Genesis, uh, God said, let us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let us make mankind in our image and our likeness so that we may, uh, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, da, 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 and so forth. So he, so he created us in his image is what the Bible tells us. Uh, that means there, there ought to be something in us that's godlike. That, that means there's, there's something in the way God wired us. That, that should be a little bit similar to him. Just like a, like a child has his father or mother's eyes sometimes. You know, some similarities in, in the physical uh, appearance. God, God made us and, and deep inside of us, 
there, there ought to be some things like the, the image of God. Now that's marred and destroyed by, by sin. Thank God it's restored through a relationship with Jesus. You know Christ is your Savior. That's the point this one I'm trying to make. If you know Jesus is your Savior, there ought to be something in you that looks like God, that's God-like. The, and, and God is generous, so, you know, uh, if, if we're to be like the image of God, we ought to be, to be generous. B is this. God is generous in character and actions. God is generous. He himself, if you want to look at part of how God behaves, God was a very generous God. Though the Bible tells us God is love. And probably if you, if you want a really strategic verse about God being generous in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he did what? He, what's the word? Gave. His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's why we're talking about the greatest gift. God gave us the greatest gift. God is very generous. You want to see how generous God is? Right there it is. God gave His own Son. That's how generous God is. Well, let's kind of finish out the, the, the mathematical equation. C equals this. God's people should also be generous in character and action. God made us in His image. God is generous. If we're made in His image, then there ought to be generosity hardwired into our actions, hardwired into our souls. We, we ought to be generous people because we were made in God's image. So, so think about it like that. Instead of giving out of guilt, we ought to give out of purpose because part of my purpose and part of your purpose, if you know Christ as your Savior, is that you're in the image of God. God lives inside of you. And part of your purpose is to be generous because He's generous. That makes sense. Number two thing that happens when we give is this. When, when you give, you're fulfilling part of God's purpose. And it pleases Him. That's the part we talked about fulfilling part of his purpose a moment ago but when we do that when we fulfill part of god's purpose whether it be given or some other way it, it pleases god when we when we give or when we fulfill part of his purpose now that might come as a surprise or mission impossible for some of you you know because you're you're thinking how in the world can i do anything that pleases god and I understand why you might feel like that, because a lot of times the image that we received of God, maybe as we were growing up, was of an angry God in heaven waiting to get you. You know, uh, uh, thunderbolts and lightning and, you know, all, all that, you know, God of wrath just ready to rain fire down on you. And that might be the image of God that you received. That's easy to happen a lot of times because it does talk about Hell, in the Bible, it does talk about, you know, uh, lightnings and thunder and, and God being a holy, holy God. But sometimes in our culture, and regrettably even in our churches, sometimes that's the way we have painted Him to where people only see Him as an angry God. There might be some angry preacher hit the stage, <laughs> angry on the particular morning, and, and you were growing up and you've never got away from the picture of God just being this, being this angry Zeus-like God with lightning bolts frowned up trying to take you out. Some people think God's motto is something like this, I'm going to get you, nowhere you can run, I'm going to get you. That's the way sometimes people think that, that God acts. But the Bible also talks about God like this. 
It talks about God as a loving Father. It talks about a God who loved us enough to send His Son to die on the cross for our sins. But God's a perfect loving Father. So, some of us might have had pitiful fathers that set wrong examples and maybe even abandoned us or whatever. Some of you had great fathers that maybe set great examples for, for you in life. But the Bible teaches that God is a, is a Father and we become His children when we receive Christ as Savior. So that means we ought to act a little bit like Him. And when we do so, I think that brings Him pleasure. First John chapter 3 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that, that we should be called the children of God. And that's what we are. So if, if we as Christians are the children of God, we ought to look a little bit like Him. Some of you that are parents can relate to this, but uh, I you know, had, had three, uh, three children, uh, actually four, Becky uh, miscarried our third one in, so I've got one in heaven I'm waiting to see one day, you know. But uh, uh, we've got three uh, here, and they're all adults now, uh, and I still love to give them gifts, but you, you know, when they were little growing up, I mean... I would always go too far with Christmas, I think, because I wanted the tree just to be loaded up. I wanted to have things to surprise them. I wanted, wanted to have things that, you know, that, that they would enjoy and, and could take and use and, and, and everything like that. And, and I just got a lot of pleasure out of maybe surprising them with something unexpected that they didn't think was coming, uh, at all. And I, and sometimes I get a lot of pleasure out of it. When Jared was 12, I gave Jared his first guitar. And I've got a lot of pleasure since then of having the chance to hear him play guitar and things like that. But it was just a pleasure for me to, to give to my kids. But something else that even gave me more pleasure was as they were growing up, to see them understand what compassion was for other people and generosity for other people, and to see my kids decided to give up something or sell something that they had so they could give to somebody else. And that blessed me a lot more than just giving them something for me to see them want to give to somebody else themselves. And if that, if that makes me emotional, if that pleases me, can you imagine how God feels when we act like Him and when we're generous and when we give the way God desires for us to give? I, I think He looks down and he, and he smiles when He sees us practicing generosity. Number three, when you give, you experience personal blessing. Because a lot of times you might think, well, no, I'm blessing somebody else because I'm giving something away. But really, in the process, and if you've ever been a person that's been very generous and you've given away very much, you really understand this without me exploring it very much. But when, when you, when you give, there, there's some personal blessings that take place. Paul wrote a letter in the New Testament that, uh, to, to a group of believers in Philippi. And it's in your Bible today. It's called Philippians. And he was writing to them uh, and thanking them more or less for their generosity and their partnership uh, with him and how they had been involved in, in, in the ministry. And, and he wrote this in Philippians 4.19. He says, And my God will meet all your needs according 
to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. So Paul is more or less saying to these Philippian believers, you've been generous, guess what? There's a God in heaven that can take care of your needs. There's a God in heaven that notices that. Now, sometimes we'll make a huge jump. Some people make a huge jump. And they'll take verses like that and make it sound like, God, as long as you are, you know, given to a certain ministry or whatever, that God's going to give you everything you need, always. And they'll jump into a health and wealth type of mentality. And while that's not near where I am, because I don't think that's what the Bible teaches, I do think the Bible clearly teaches that we will experience personal blessing when we practice generosity, when we give. When we align our hearts with God's heart, I think something supernatural takes place. And and God's heart involves generosity. And if we'll align our heart with His, it's something great and tremendous that takes place. You see, one, one plus one plus God equals a whole lot more than two or three. When we bring God in into the equation, He said in Romans eight thirty two, and we just looked at this recently in our in our study of Romans on Sunday morning. He who did not spare His own Son but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also along with Him graciously give us all things? So He's talking about God being a very generous God. If He would give us Jesus, my goodness, what would He withhold from us if He'll give us Jesus? But blessings from God are not limited to just financial blessings. Do you understand that? In other words, a $100 donation may not equal God putting $100 back in your pocket. Or even beyond that. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 6, Given it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And if we're not careful, we'll only practice that in the financial realm. But I'm here to tell you that the blessings might not be financial. There might be blessings that are much more important that God can give you for your generosity than just financial blessings. If you can't buy happiness, then just maybe the most important blessings that God gives us does not involve money. When we, when we can practice generosity through not just this Christmas offering, but through our, through our regular tithes and offerings. And by doing so, empower ministry to where children's lives can be impacted in this place. As we give just our regular tithes and offerings week in and week out, empower ministry to, to happen to young people, to where their lives can be transformed and changed. To where we can meet physical needs of people who are suffering locally. Or we can support missionaries across the world as we practice generosity. I'm just telling you, there's there's a lot deeper blessing to be gained than just looking for the blessings that God gives us in return for our generosity being monetary or financial. The, The blessings to partner with God, the blessings to be involved in impacting lives. That, that's our goal with this, with this $10,000 Christmas offering we're trying to, to raise. It's not about $10,000. It's about impacting more young people upstairs in, in a place that they can have of their own. It's about meeting needs of people who are hurting locally. It, it's about supporting missionaries on, on foreign soil so they can share the gospel.
And just maybe, the best way that we can avoid situations like Sandy Hook Elementary School would be that we empower ministry and that we change people's lives on the front end of tragic, terrible choices that caused a 20-year-old to kill his mother and to walk into an elementary school. and kill 20 kids and six adults and then take his own life. There, there's going to be a barrage of things where we need to have this law in effect and that law in effect and gun control and everything else. The problem is the blackness of the human heart without Jesus Christ. And the only thing that's going to change lives to where they will not perpetuate acts like that is on the front end, we get them to Jesus. So I've had to change things today because of what happened on Friday. And I really feel like God wants us to take a time out and I'll finish the message maybe if I can. But to take a time out and for us to pray for those families. Not just those families, but the other children who had their innocence ripped from them in that elementary school. And not just there, but the children in our schools. And the children in every school in America or across the world that has heard about this had their innocence ripped from them. We've got a lot of people that work in the school system. My wife does. probably more in the second service than here, but if, but if you if you work in <clears throat> in the public school system or in a private school, would would you stand up for a moment? If you would not mind, I would like for you to come and kneel and and I want part of you to come and join around these and pray for them and pray for our schools, and pray for safety locally. So if y'all would come quickly and just be here at the front somewhere. How many, how many grandparents do we have here this morning? Will you guys stand as grandparents or will you come and congregate together somewhere by yourselves, just all the grandparents and one in one section. And I want you all to pray for each other and also pray pray for children. <clears throat> How many parents do we have here? I serve as both a grandparent and a parent. 
Would you stand if you're a parent? And I want you to go to another part. I, I guess parents, maybe go to that back corner right there. Let me give you some direction because we're starting to fill up. And, and I want the parents and, I, and, and, and John, would you kind of get with those over there and, and, and lead them? And the rest of you that don't fit those categories, will you just group together here, the rest of you somewhere right here and pray? Some of you are, you know, we've got some children, got some youth. But would you kind of, would you kind of group together, maybe here right in the center somewhere, just the rest of you, and pray just for a moment? Guys, you find your way back to your seats. I've got really just two other things I'm going to quickly share with you, and, and then we're going to be done this morning. Uh, I, I, I really felt like we just, I felt like we needed to take time to do what we just did, even if I scrapped everything else today. Um, Number four, the fourth thing that happens when you give is, is this. You, you gain a valuable perspective, a corrected perspective in, in, in your own heart. Uh, really about what's important. Most of you have heard people talk after they've been on a mission trip. Because, you know, we have helped fund mission trips to Guatemala. We've helped fund mission trips to Africa. And you've heard these come back and give reports and as they come back and give reports, they, you know, it's, it's like, man, this is like the best thing that's ever happened. We've helped do ministry at Alexander Prison through, through Kairos Prison Ministry. And that's getting ready to come back up again. And you heard me and some of the other men, we did a special service, come and tell you your support in that was worthwhile. And it was one of the best things that I've ever done in, in my own life. That's, that's the reports that you hear people come back with after they've had the chance to be involved. And you see, doing those things, that, that's not inexpensive stuff. It costs money. It costs a lot of money to go to Guatemala or to go to Africa. The things that, that, that we did over at Alexander Prison, just the cookies you made and, 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 and everything else. It costs money to do that. But I've never ever heard anyone on the other side of giving to empower something like that happen and say something like this. Man, I wished I hadn't done that. I wished I hadn't gave. Wished I kept the money just to download some music or download some movies or buy some furniture or something like that at the house. You see, I've never heard anyone say that. You want to know why? Because you gain this valuable perspective that giving not only feels right, it is right. But because through through giving we we get the the chance to impact lives. God gave us the supreme example of generosity by sending his son, not to just a manger that we think about this time of year, but to a cross to shed his blood. That through him our lives might be changed. You see, our our giving is really a, a heart issue more than it is a pocketbook issue or a finance issue. Jesus said this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Money isn't solely a financial issue. It's a spiritual issue. And, and, and your heart and your money is connected by what Jesus says. So how we use our money says something greatly about what we think is important in our lives. If you were to 
access my bank account. You could look at it and you could figure out that maybe my me having a motorcycle was important because I'm paying for it. <laughs> that food is important because I have to eat. You figure out by looking at my bank account that my, my children's education was important. But I hope you can look at my bank account and and find out that I think ministry is important. So I don't know what anybody gives around here but me. But I do know where I fall in in the hierarchy of it, more or less, if you want to say that. Not knowing who gives what. Our bank account should be able to reveal to other people what we think is important in life. In owning stuff. You, you see, you, you can go spend money in things that, that might be fun, vacation, new clothes, new restaurants, da 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 the list goes on. You know, new car, and someone's going to say, but your wife just got a car this week. She did. It's a 2008 model. <laughs> but I've heard, I've heard a lot of people have buyer's regret. I've had it before. You ever had buyer's regret? I've never had given regret. I have never, ever regretted being generous and giving because eternity matters. And change lives matter. It's not about money. It's about change lives. That's what it's about. Number five. When you give, something amazing happens. You get to partner with God. Think about that. When you and I give, we get to join hands with God and partner with Him. Now, it, it, you might think in the next moment, I'm, I'm trying to offend you. I'm not really trying to offend you, but you need to understand something. God doesn't need your money. You understand that? He created the very goal that our monetary system exists upon. He created the ability for wealth to exist. He gives you the ability to earn wealth. It's not yours to start with. It all belongs to Him. So God doesn't need your money. That's not what it's about. God does need you to trust Him. God does want you to put Him first and not your pocketbook first. God does want us to live by faith. But He doesn't need, need your money. If God knows how many hairs are on your head, He knows your online banking account, if you do that password, He knows every penny that you have in your pocket. And he doesn't need to get your permission to access it. If he wants it, he could get it. You understand that? Because he's God. He's a sovereign God. And God doesn't need you in general. He doesn't need your money specifically. He doesn't need you in general. Once again, he's in control. He's a sovereign God. I'm not intentionally trying to insult you, but the truth of the matter is this. God's not up in heaven wringing His hands saying, if we only had a representative down there on the earth standing for me and giving for me, then we might could accomplish something. God is not doing that because God's a sovereign God. Like we've looked at, started looking at 
last week in, in Romans. But what I want you to get is this. God doesn't need your money. God doesn't need you. But God invites you. He invites us to be engaged with Him in ministry. He invites us to partner with Him to where we can join with God in His mission of spreading the gospel across this world. He invites us to do it. He doesn't need us, but He invites us to do it. And that's why we ought to give. You shouldn't just give to keep the lights on, although I'm glad this morning we're not sitting in the dark. You shouldn't just give to this church just because you think you have to give to this church, although I love this church. But that's not your motive to give just because you feel like you have to give to this church. Our true higher motive to give ought to be this. We join hands with the God of all the universe in carrying out His mission across this world. That ought to be our goal. We get a chance to join hands with God in His worldwide movement. That's why we ought to give. Because we get to partner with Him. So that's the end of the message. And I'm not, I hope you've not taken anything I've said as a guilt trip because I intentionally tried to avoid that. I wanted just to let you know about some things that happen when you give. And we're going to do the invitation in a few moments, not right now, but we are going to take our offering right now, our, our special Christmas offering. And uh, Todd, would you help me with this? you care to come kind of slide the cover to the side a, a, a little bit there? I, I failed to ask somebody to do that uh, earlier. So if you can just kind of slide it to the side a little bit to where there's an access point uh, to this box. We wanted everyone today to be able to <clears throat> to participate in what we're about to do. So, for that reason, number one, we, we did provide some offering envelopes uh, that, that you can use. But also, we provided this slip of paper. Because... Even though we've talked about it and talked about it and talked about it, sometimes people put things on the back burner. You know, you ever do that? I do. And the day slips up on you, all of a sudden, oh, it's today. So some of you might not be prepared to give, but maybe you're going to indicate you plan to give next week. And you can check that. Or some of you might just be wanting to say, you know what, I can't give really today, but before the year ends, I'm, I'm going to give toward this special offering before the year ends. Some of you may be saying you want to give digitally because you've heard us talk about today we're going to provide a way for you to do that. And out in the connection area, there are going to be three tables set up. And there will be uh, some people staffing those tables uh, with a secured uh, with a secure method for you to give if you desire to give that way 
um, through an iPad or through a smartphone they'll have set up. It does not retain any of your information, but you can go on and you can give and you can designate to this. Uh, we're going to incorporate this in, in, a, in a way to where you can give your regular tithes and offerings uh, because some people, we live in a cashless society. I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying that's where we are. And, uh, and a lot of people use their debit cards for everything. But I want to stress to you, hear this. I've said it a couple of weeks ago. Um, we do not want anybody going in debt to give. You understand what I'm saying? So, you know, if you're a person that manages your credit card and you pay it off every month, we're not going to tell you you can't use a credit card because you can, but we don't want anyone going in debt to give. But we are going to provide that as an option for you. So if you're doing that, you don't have anything to throw in. You do now. You can check that and bring it forward. And I recognize maybe some of you would really, really, really want to give, but maybe because of your current situation in life, you can't do that. But you know what you can do? You can check down at the bottom of it and say, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for this special offering. And you can also walk up here with everybody else and bring something to this box in just a moment. John's going to kind of play some some quiet music. And I want to give you just a couple of minutes to to reflect. Um, By by the way, you can give through our website now also, uh, which is day3church.com, if if you desire to do that. But but the offering envelopes are there. These pieces of paper are there that I just mentioned. And since I recognize some of you might let it slip up on you and, and... Man, if you're like me, my wife and I with our schedules, a lot of times we don't get to talk about stuff. <laughs> and maybe maybe you as a family or as a couple need to take a moment and think and discuss quietly what God wants you to do. Or you as an individual, maybe you need to pray about what God wants you to do. So He's going to play music just for a moment as you do that. And then I'll be back to direct you in just a moment. I want to remind you what our goals are for this offering. Our uh, our goals are to provide a a new space upstairs in our facility for young people's lives to be molded and touched through our youth ministry because they don't have their own space here. And, and our goal is to be able to help people with local needs whose power's about to be turned off or need some groceries. And man, we get those calls all the time. And our goal is also to help support foreign missions through the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. So I'm going to pray, and right after I pray, I'm going to invite you to come. As you come, would you please also, there's several places in the stage, would you pick up one of these pamphlets that's our gift to you I'm not selling it to you I'm not promising it's going to make you prosperous <laughs> but it's our, it's our gift to you today and, and it does go in, in detail about what happens when you give and just bring your gift over and place it in our, in our box Father thank you for sending us the greatest gift of all your son Jesus Take this offering that we bring, this generosity that we practice right now, and use it for your glory. Father, I pray right now that you smile and that we please you 
as your children. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Hopefully practicing generosity also, if, if you don't know Christ as your Savior and yet you saw believers practice generosity, even that could be used to touch your heart. God gave us the greatest gift of all time by sending His Son into this world to die on a cross for us. And if you don't know Him, He wants to give you the greatest Christmas gift you could ever receive by trusting in Christ as your Savior. So as they continue with this song, we invite you to come and say yes to Jesus. Get the greatest gift ever this year for Christmas. God speaks to your heart. We invite you to come. Thanks for listening to this sermon audio production from Day 3 Church. We pray that it has ministered to you. For more information about our location, service times, or other sermon podcasts, please visit us online at day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life.